so he's kind of like drifting, just dead drifting in this current underwater and this huge school of striper, like thousands come up and they, he's in the middle of this big bait ball kind of a thing. And they're, they're circling like predators around this big bait ball. And he's, he's like, he sees this one and he said like, when they get spooked, their, their tail moves so much water. You can actually underwater hear the tail boom of the fish. That was Chad Alderson sharing one of his favorite episodes from the Barbless podcast. This is episode 119 of the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. I want to give a quick shout out to Echo Fly Rods, which has been my go-to spay rod for steelhead. Go to wetflyswing.com slash echo to purchase the rod I know and trust, plus you'll get a free fly line if you purchase today. And also, our podcast will earn a small commission at no extra charge uh, to you if you purchase through that link. This is a great way to show support for the podcast and and one of the great companies out there. In today's episode, I talk with Nick Hanna and Chad Alderson from The Barbless Podcast. The Barbless crew, uh, the guys share their tips and stories from their last two years of podcasting, including a species spotlight, a study on pigging beads, and a few fishing apps that are around the corner for release. Don't miss this one as Chad announces a new podcast network uh, as well that they have going that uh, is sure to bring a whole lot of new content. Since 1977, the Fly Fishing and Tying Journal has long been considered the Angler's Magazine, with original how-tos and technical articles written by the best trout and steelhead anglers in the West. FTJ is committed to sharing exceptionally written essays, fiction, poetry, and in-depth guides to fly fishing destinations. FTJ is one of my go-to magazines, and if you haven't checked it out recently, you can get started by calling 1-800-541-9498 or heading over to the web at ftjangler.com. So, without further ado, here's Chad and Nick from Barbless.co. What's up? What's going on, man? Good, good to have for you having on. us on. <laughs> good to have yeah. you on here, man. We, uh, we've been chatting in the background over a little bit here, just kind of talking about different things around the fly fishing space and podcasting. And the last time I was on a podcast with you guys at the IFTD and, and Greg, and we were just kind of nerding, yes, sir. We're, we're kind of nerding out. I'm hoping to nerd out a little bit more on the podcasting, but in fly fishing but before we get there can you just talk maybe start us off first how you guys met how how this barbless thing and talk about how this came to be well like most businesses it started in a garage um we were at a we were at a with Christ- cocktails yeah we were nice. at a christmas party and the uh the host of the christmas party had you know the keg was in the garage and that's kind of where we naturally you know were drawn to like moths so um it was it was like it was actually right around this time Right, Nick? Three years ago at at a Christmas party. So we met in a garage and I had just moved to uh, Northern California. I'm I'm a native of Northern California, but I moved uh, south to work in the Bay Area for 10 years and then Los Angeles for 10 years and ended up getting married and and coming home. So I I had just recently moved back. Like I think I was in town six months and um, starting to get into fly fishing again three years ago. And, um, you know, just by happenstance, ran into Nick. And and Nick, and so, and then Nick, you, and you guys, I mean, you kind of have different, uh, Chad talked a little bit there about his background. You, you're actually, you guide on the side and you do a few diff- different things there. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we both wanted to, 
you know, build technology, you know, to introduce it to the, the fishing world just because there was a lack of it. And so we both had ideas and, and part of that was, you know, expanding our, our market with, with this podcast. And I think the podcast has become more successful than our, than our technology, technology yeah. at this point. But, um, yeah, uh, I, you know, I was a guy, I worked at a fly shop, the old pal fly shop in, uh, back in the day when I was going to college at Chico state and learned how to build fly rods from some of the best and hmm. learned a lot of fishing techniques from some of the best. And, um, there was just a lot of cool old school guys, uh, fishing the local waters that I got to pick, pick their brains on and, and just learn from. And so as, as I was going to college, I, I did that. And, um, and then, uh, I, I thought that I, I wanted to go to Alaska and be a guide. And yep. I, I ended up getting in the financial world. I, I started, uh, came an advisor and, um, yeah, did last 10 years been doing that and guiding on the side. So, um, I kind of took a different route than, than what I had planned, but, um, I, I dig it. I, I like it. I like, I like where we're at in Chico. There's a lot of cool fishing to do here 365 yeah. days a year. And that's right. My job, my job allows me to, to go duck hunting and fishing and, uh, play with the family. And so it's good. That's it's all cool. good. That's cool. I was uh, chatting to Greg earlier today, uh, from the, uh, uh, fly fishing insider podcast. And it's funny, we were kind of joking. I brought up, you know, because I heard a little bit about your background. I think, you know, like you said, you're, you're a planner guiding on the side. You got a few young kids. How, you know, it seems like you got a lot going on, man. How do you, how do you balance all that stuff? Like the work life <laughs> balance thing? That's a good question. It's starting to get crazy. Um, the kid throwing the kid in the mix is definitely just a, a, a new experience that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, figure yeah. out. And you know, I've definitely lost, um, <laughs> some time on the water and time. Right. Yeah. Well, the sleep actually, he's, doing. he's since three months, man, he's been sleeping in the crib and all through the night. Oh, nice. I'm not supposed to tell people that because mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of, and, and I, we don't have a second yet, but I'm sure when, when they come that it's going to be the opposite, right? Oh. And I'll, I'll probably will be up throughout hours of the night. Do, do you have kids? Yeah. Yeah. I have two, five, five and seven. And I'll tell you what, the two kids is much harder than one. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. So I, yeah. I've been, I've been lucky so far and still being able to do some stuff, but I, I'm sure when the second comes that I, I, my time will, yeah, it'll, it'll be a juggling act for sure, but it's fun. You know, you only live one life, yeah. fish it and, and do it well. Right. No, that's, I think that's uh, the, that's what it's all about. And you guys, I mean, the story is pretty cool because it th- seems like to me, you guys kind of came out of nowhere. All of a sudden the barbless is, is there, and I, I remember listening to you guys before I even talked to you. And you got a lot of good stuff going. Can you talk a little bit about the Barbless, you know, the podcast for somebody maybe who has never listened to it, what, what it's about, what you guys are all about there? Well, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I kind of think of it as a variety show a little bit because we don't just talk about fly fishing all the time. Like we've had uh, sushi guys on, the chefs on to talk about how to break fish down, all kinds of stuff. So uh, we've had what Sportmobile on to talk about, um, you know, how to build out your first um, overlanding vehicle, things nice. like that. So uh, we try and, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of podcasts out there that are doing fly fishing and fishing in general that are doing a really good job. And we're just trying to, you know, differentiate a little bit in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, having on some guests that you typically wouldn't wouldn't hear from, I guess, in a typical fly fishing show or whatever we think is cool. Yeah. You know, like whatever. You, it, I mean, if and that's what's so great about these podcasts is if you have a chance to sit down with like a, a guy that's like a CEO or a business owner that you would never normally get a chance to sit down with you can get somebody like that on the show. It's, I mean, it's just awesome for listeners to be able to it tune is. in and, and, 
and pick their brain basically from from their car you know yeah yeah um, we we had a guy the guy that came on uh steven yelson that he does uh these handcrafted um stainless steel full full body uh replicas of fish like steelhead oh, cool. and stuff like that where he his background he's his background's crazy he used to be a, a basically work in a body shop and do like you know detail work paint and all that stuff uh, so he starts with a like a stainless steel substrate and just basically forges this thing into it looks like a real fish by hand he just pounds it hmm. like he puts thousands of hours into his pieces and then you know does all the detail work paints them with a lot of the the stuff that he learned about when he was doing his body work applies to this this craft and so you know we have a variety of different guests on and then we also get really deep in the weeds on on fly fishing stuff like we did this episode with Roger Bloom, who was pretty much the head honcho at uh, Cal- California Department of Fish and Wildlife mm-hmm. here in California, and we got in. He did a study on um, pegging beads and how far a bead should be oh, yeah. for from a from a hook to get optimal hookup and stuff like that. And we've done like life history of of steelhead, um, how a trout becomes a steelhead. So we call those species yeah. spotlights. We kind of just. We go into a variety of topics, and it really is, to Nick's point, just kind of wherever our curiosity takes us, we kind of build yep. a show around it. So so, yeah. it's, so it's built around you guys. Obviously, you both you kind of have a little bit different backgrounds. How do you know How do you know when you're on the right track, you know, with what you're doing? I mean, do you, do you uh, have any strategy to make sure, you know, do you look at your downloads? How, how do you know you guys are doing a good job? Oh, like, um, I, can I cuss on this? Or oh, no? yeah. Yeah, go for it. Uh, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We just kind of go by our gut. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, it depends. I mean, I, I guess the question is more about like, how do you define success and you know, what's the, what are your goals for the podcast? Yeah. That, that and, could be it. Yep. Yeah. And our goals are, are really, um, they, they started out and I still think they are. And Nick can correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, we, three years ago we started building some software out and we knew it was going to take a while to, to get there because there's, there's a pretty big platform that we're working on. So we're like, okay, how can we market this thing to start? And like, well, it, we're not going to launch until 2019 or, you know, mid 2020. So we got about two and a half years of runway. Let's maybe let's think about doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. So it started out really just, you know, trying to get listeners on board that um, were into the same stuff we were and to, and to have this built in kind of audience when we were ready to launch some of the software stuff. So we're right, we're on the cusp of launching uh, several products into the marketplace and that's Nick's point about you know the podcast is doing better than the software because we you know that was the the cart and the horse and the yeah. cart is actually behind the horse in this case where the podcast is pulling everything gotcha. so can you yeah. uh can you expand it all on on those products that you have coming um well one's one's live it's it's a leader leader formula website called leaders.barbless.co and basically the rigs rigs oh yeah we changed it didn't we rigs.barbless.co thank mm-hmm. you um, and we, so basically what that is, is when I was first starting out, I was trying to figure out how to tie all these different leaders for different, uh, fishing applications. Like if you're going to high stick nymph or, or, uh, you know, swing flies or throw, throw streamers, there's different leader steps and formulas for that. And as you guys know, if anyone listening has done a search on Google, you get a search result list and you look at the images, there's all these handwritten kind of leader formulas online. So the data is there, the information's there. It's just difficult to parse. Hmm. So we basically have built a um, a platform that you can learn how to tie any leader formula that you want, and it tells you how long it'll take you, 
what the knots are to use in the formula, what the materials are, this and that, and, and what species they're going to catch. So that's, gotcha. that's one of them. So it allows you to build stuff if you know how to build it and then share it with a community. Or if you just don't know what you're doing at all, you can come in, take a look at it and figure out, you know, basically how to replicate that leader. Which is pretty cool because, and you probably know, Dave, and just your experience in fly fishing, how many, and just myself, how many times I've walked up to somebody, you know, and, you know, they're, they're just struggling, you can tell, and you, like, want to help, and yeah, you go to look at their leader, and it's, like, a full, like, 30-pound test, like, straight <laughs> to, like, uh, you know, to something, and it's just, that you're like, oh, man, we need to switch this up, and, and then you get it all dialed, and they start catching fish, they're like, you know, and I told Chad this a long time ago, I mean, you can have a thousand dollar reel and rod yep. and line, you know, and most expensive setup, but the most important thing that's going to catch fish and, and have success on the water is that $3.95 liter system, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so it, it's, uh, it's, it's actually pretty cool. And I've, we've gotten some feedback, um, already on just people you know going out and trying new waters and they didn't really know what system to use and uh-huh. they looked on that website and they they were productive they caught yeah. fish because of it which is pretty cool That's yeah it. and you can you know if you if if you look at say a uh, a leader like a, a streamer setup that's targeting you know i don't know a, a 10 pound fish for example and you it's it's got all the, the right components in terms of ratios you know in, in terms of length but it's just missing what's what's wrong is like you want to target bigger fish so you want to like make a leader formula based off those ratios but have it stronger for maybe salt situations mm-hmm. you can you can basically recap we call it recast but basically what it does is um creates a, an exact duplicate of that guy's formula <laughs> and then allows you to start from there instead of having to start from scratch and then so anyone you recast, the person that actually created the original formula gets attribution on the site. So there's a lot of, oh, you know, cool. there's credit. Yeah, there's credit given for those folks that, that get uh, recasted. There's there's ways to um, upvote those ones that are that are super, you know, that people think are cool. So it kind of yep. helps with discovery. There's no um, the value in going to a fly shop. Getting yep. a guide, right. going to a fly shop no is by far, yeah, no comparison. Yep. I mean, I, I just wanted to make that clear oh, because, yeah, yeah. You, you know, even though these tools are pretty awesome, I, yep. I just want to yeah. tell yeah. everybody that it's super important to go support your local fly yeah. shops and, and yeah. hire and, a guide to, to really dial all that stuff in. And yeah, and one of the, one of the features we had, we did because of that, with that in mind, is you can actually print the entire leader formula there and take that into the fly oh, shop. Nice. And, um, you know, say, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And then, um, they, they at least have a, a conversation starter, if anything, yeah, you know, right. if you're, if you're the paper and pen guy, you can do it that way too. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. cool. So yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you got some stuff and the other stuff is kind of all relating to fishing or fly fishing. The other, the other yeah. I mean, app. the other, the other app is what we're calling, um, uh, I think we're going to call it my flows. We, we, we're still talking, but it, it might sound like a, a PMS kind of guide, but that's why we're, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm a little concerned I have one about of those on my brand. phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically we're, the, the idea is that, um, you know, if, if you guys, especially like if you're in steelheading or whatever, you kind of, especially this time of year in the winter, you're watching the water constantly oh, yeah. for, you know, the ebb and flow of the water and yeah. watching, um, cubic feet per second is like the only thing steelheaders ever talk about over the next three months. So we're building an app for that. There, uh, there's there's apps out there, but the, this one's different um, in that we have a ton of coverage. There's there's stuff on here that are are not on any other apps in terms of rivers, 
Um, we're adding the ability to customize it quite a bit too, but basically you follow rivers like you do people on Instagram, for example, and you have your lists and you can unfollow and you can do a bunch of stuff on it. And it's, you know, it's really well designed. I think one of the things that sets us apart also is our design. And, and is that, and is that uh, Chad, I mean, that's your background, right? Are you, are you the one that's actually designing and building this thing? Um, we, so I have a, um, my day job is I have a, a software company called amp.build. So we have an engineering team, um, and, design team. And you have a uh, podcast, right? Another podcast too? Yeah. Business podcast. Yeah. That's okay. a local one just oh, for, okay. for this area though. But, um, yeah, so that the, my other company built, has built all the software for this one. Oh, so gotcha. that's how, that's, that's how it's getting done. That's sweet. Yeah. So you, and then we have yeah. a, we, what, what else what do we flows have? app are you using Dave? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the thing. I, I'm kind of old school, man. I don't even have an, I don't even have an app. I just kind of do the USGS thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I know, but it is. Yeah. A lot of people do. Yep. Yep. No, an app would be, would be helpful. Yeah. We've made every effort to, um, you know, to, to make the, the graph have all the same information that you're getting from, from Noah, for example, with projections. Yeah. Um, there's, I don't believe there's any other app in the market that's dealing with projections like we are also no. so that's going to be a feature that we launch cool. with that'll that'll be cool yeah. and then there's going to be all kinds of new stuff that we're going to add over time to it um because you could you know theoretically if you have the leader data right that we talked about we can pull in the leader data from the leader database into the context of that mobile device so if you're on a river or about to go fish a river that day or, or the week before you can scout that river look at the leader formulas that are being used for it and then go go get it done yeah that's sweet you yeah. guys, you guys mentioned. I mean, we're talking about uh, flow steelhead and things like that. I mean, what is for you guys? Yeah. What is the species? You know, if you had to kind of go out for one, what what's the one you're you're kind of your priority? Oh. We just answered it's like a blonde or brunette question. <laughs> we just answered this yet by from a nine or a, was he nine? He was eight years yeah, old. Yeah, we had like we had a fourth graders guide to fly fishing yesterday podcast that we did where the, the kid read out. Oh, cool! He, had, he brought in questions for us. Nice. It was, it was fun. But he had, that was the same question he asked. So Perfect. I think I answered it yesterday. Um, Nick, do you want to answer? Yeah, I mean, I'm steelhead, man. It's, it is. It's, so it's not know, stripers. No, nah, it is. It is and it isn't. Is it I mean, weird? Is it weird for you guys to to have striper? I mean, especially with the conservation stuff, right? You got this species totally. that, that you, people, Dude, you guys I think love. About this. Yeah. Yep. I think about this all the time and it's, it's such a catch-22 or, you know, it's just, it's weird because... I love catching a 40 pound striper on a fly, but that, uh, at the same time, that thing is eating, you know, yeah. some of the most pr- protected and, wild and you're uh, not precious them, right? fish. You're, you're not killing the stripers. You're just releasing no, them. No, there's no, no, so, we have, you know, but there's, there's a lot of people that are killing them, you know, yeah. and it's, and that's fine. You know, there's gonna There's going to be, there's going to always be somebody that's doing something different yeah. than you. And, and maybe they don't agree with you or maybe they do, but, and that's just how this world is. And and from what I've found in this podcast more than anything in interviewing all these people, all these scientists, all these biologists is that, you know, it, we're, we do, we've spent the last hundred years messing things up, but I, I feel like we're going to, we're going to all work together to, to make things better going forward, yeah. you know? And, and yeah. if that, if the striper is a part of that um, future, you know, I hope it is, but it's, it's just going to be interesting going forward. I mean, the lead scientist at UC Davis says in 500 years that our, our waterways are going to be all warm water. You know, we're not going to have any salmonoids, any any yeah. trout, any steelhead. I mean, that's a scary thing to think about. So what's going to be there? Striper, yep. and, you know, pike minnow and bass. 
Um, and that's a long ways away, but, yeah. um, totally. anyways, it's, it's kind of trippy to think about. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's an interesting question for me because the, the one about, you know, what's your, what's your target species? It kind of depends on the time of year. We, yeah. you know, ge- geographically we live in Northern California and those that aren't familiar with the area there where we live is Chico. Uh, that's the home of the Sierra Nevada brewery. If you guys are familiar nice. with that one. Uh, we have, I think, four anadromous rivers th- running, streams and rivers running around Chico or through Chico that is, I think, within 10-mile radius of us. Is that right, Nick? About 10, 15-mile radius? Yeah. I guess, I guess, like, you know, Las Molinas would be the furthest reach, so that'd be maybe 18 miles. I don't know. You so, get the, the sack feather Yuba. Yeah, right. And right, so more than half four. hour. So what my point there is that there's um, a variety of species that we can we can go target depending on the time of year. So, you know, Nick's, you know, we we just got off the striper thing. It's, you know, and we're starting to switch gears for for steelhead. But Mm -hmm. there's everything in between, too, because if you're you know, you're you get competent at striper and we can throw flies at striper about, you know, five minutes from Chico. um, You can that translates one to one straight to salt. Right. So we, um, we have a variety of things we can do. So it kind of depends on the time of year. That's my answer. It's yeah. kind of a long answer, but that it just kind of depends on the time of the year and what you, what itch you want to scratch. Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. And steelhead seems to be the one that is the, the hot topic. I, and I, I Nick, I appreciate that. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, optimistic, I mean, I think I'm the same way thinking of, you know, where we've been and it's going to take a while to get back. Um, you know, the struggle, I was just reading an article in the Drake uh, that was talking about, uh, you know, Tom was talking about the how low the runs are in the Columbia. You know, that's the system up here. Mm-hmm. And I think, I can't remember, I think it's something like that dropped below 100,000 and it hasn't, it's only done that twice in the last, whatever, 50 or 100 years. So we're seeing this, you know, and you stuff up in Canada and there's some, you know, so there's a lot of kind of crazy stuff going and it's tough to stay optimistic, right? That's that's the yeah. struggle. And then you guys are the ultimate because the further you go south, the the less steelhead you find. But is that not yeah. the same thing in your area? I mean, how how are your runs doing out there? No, that's it's changing a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of work that Cal Trout's doing and, yeah. and TU's doing, Trout Unlimited's doing to to bring those steelhead back. And what's amazing is when these dams come out and they focus on habitat restoration and, and doing and providing more water to that stream the fish come back automatically, even though they haven't even been there for, you know, years that yep. they've, that they've been studying it. So it's, I mean, na- what I was saying is nature does find a way and it it's does. almost like the stock market where, you know, when we have water, we have fish, you know, when yeah. we don't have water, we don't have fish and striper are taking advantage of whatever they can, you know, and, and eating those steelhead or eating, eating whenever they can find. So it's, I think nature always will find a balance, but, um, the, the key is, is getting us out of that balance That's right. somehow, you know, with less impact as at least as much as possible. You know? sure. Yep. Yeah. I think the, uh, the, on that same line, a great example is the Mount St. Helens up here, just North. Yeah. You know, that's yep. a perfect example. I mean, totally wiped out the entire river and, and, and the steel Dude, came back. I've, I've wanted to do an episode on that so bad. Um, yeah. but I, I failed to, I, I'm trying to find the right person to I talk know. to because it's kind of a be. case. It's kind of a case, you know, uh, uh, kind of a use case for you know how how quickly or how resilient a, a given um you know habitat yeah. is to coming back and how quick and all that stuff right we, we saw it firsthand this year with uh with uh, salmon in our and some of our tributaries to oh, the valley rivers chinook there uh yeah there yeah. was no, there was no <laughs> no salmon that we knew of being counted in the last few years because of the the drought 
And then all of a sudden we get rain and then the, the salmon that were here that did survive in some of the other tributaries basically just decided, hey, I'm going to go up this river instead. You know, I'm going to go up this river instead. And, and it, even though they have like those sensory, you know, being yep. able to come back to the place they were, I, yeah. I, if there's water coming down, they're going to take advantage of it. Exactly. You know? And kind of stray off a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's we, super interesting. We have we have salmon that actually come right through the middle of downtown Chico. Isn't that <laughs> nuts? Jesus, we, no, no joke. It's, I've, I've seen them with my own eyes jumping up through this are this the, one gate. Are it's they pretty, actually spawning cool. in in town? Yeah, in the upper. No, no, no they they just no. they pass through. Yeah, they got to yeah. get up high enough to get to the, to the cooler water. Cooler yeah. water. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. huge. But it, it's really cool, you know, and it's like a part of the, it's part of Chico where there's, during the summer, it's a public, it's one of those creek slash pools, you know, mm-hmm. where they've, back in the, before all the environmental impact stuff was, was good, they, they could just go in and, you know, make a pool for oh, yeah. a creek and then just let the creek <laughs> well, run through it. John Bidwell founded Chico back in the, back in the day and, and, um, he diverted, um, yep. our main tributary to go buy his house so that they could hear salmon rolling around in their backyard <laughs> yeah you know oh, so man. i mean that's what that's what I was, last hundred years we've definitely you know screwed things up so it's yeah like, it's our jobs and our you know to to fix that we got to do better yeah, yeah and the, in california state chico is built the whole campus is built um you know in and around that the, the creek yeah you know so the creek runs right through campus God, and i was thinking about that right the other town. day when i mean all our drains and, and oh, anywhere yeah. you go not just this yeah. town but everywhere in the world drain <laughs> drain into the and i'm just I'm thinking plane. about those fish yep. and, yeah it's it's mm-hmm. it's pretty bad i mean the day that everything's electric that's going to help so much you know from all these oil, the oil and right. gas being spilt down in these it's drains. already a lot better but it obviously yeah. oh, petro is not good yeah. No, we gotta, gotta get off, eliminate it. We gotta get off yeah. Petro for not get only that, that reason. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible, right? Yeah. Well, the yeah, I think we are. I mean, we've cut back. And we've we've got a lot of work. It's to It's being do. sunset slowly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The the big big oil's gotta you know squeeze as much profit out of it before they let it completely go. That's exactly. what's happening. Hey, uh, I wanted to switch the table just a little bit for a second because you know yep. all the stuff you have is awesome. I, I do want to nerd out just a little bit on the podcasting and uh, sure. and maybe hear about you guys could talk about your. What is your flow? So from, you know, you get a guest, what is that like, you know, taking them into the show? Do you guys do a lot of background research, getting prepared and all that? Um, we, well, we used to, but we've been, you know, we just published our hundred and hundred and twenty second episode. Okay. And you guys published um, a bunch about what, 30 or just uh, right after IFTD, you, you put out a bunch then, right? Yeah, we put, that was a crazy week after the week after we did, uh, I 10, think, it was yeah, only 10. 10. Yeah, okay, it's just 30. Come on, dude. I felt felt like, because I was like, you know what? I was ahead of you guys for a little bit. Then I look back and like, what the hell? These guys, they just just passed me up. (laughs) Yeah. um, What? So are the questions around our workflow? Well, I guess, yeah, there was a bunch of questions there. I guess the question would be, maybe we could just simplify and say, one I wanted to ask is, how do you find your guests? So that's one. And then the other thing would be just the workflow. Like, so, you know, uh, I guess I already know what you used, but maybe you could talk about that for those people. Because I want to help. I, I actually think it's a good thing getting more podcasters into this space. Absolutely. Yeah, so maybe absolutely. So you can talk about so, that a little bit, just um, briefly. Well, let, let's back up to IFTD because it's relevant for that question. Yeah. Um, we went. We were invited to go to IFTD to talk, to give a, a presentation there on um, how to build, how to, it was podcast masterclass, how to start a podcast for your brand. That's why we went out there. And in this deck or in this presentation that we gave is about an hour or so. Uh, we walked everybody there through the soup to nuts about starting a podcast from end to end. Um, everything from why you want to do it 
um, how you want to structure the show from a, the show from a content strategy perspective to then the nuts and bolts of like the hardware and what you want to buy and how much it's going to cost you and then get into the editing of the, of the show and, and what makes sense from a, you know, if you're doing mass, mass, uh, you know, publication every, every month where you're doing four or more, um, episodes a month, there's definitely, you need to instill some, um, you know, some process around that or it just will crush you time-wise. So, um, and then, and then how we, how to market it. So we did the, the entire thing. So if anybody's listening that, that is interested, I'm happy to send them the, the oh, deck, cool. the presentation on that. Um, just send it, send an email to chat at barbless.co and I'll Perfect. get it out to you. Yeah, awesome. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah. So in terms of, does that answer part of the question? Yeah, yeah. So you, how, how deep do you want to go? No, on? no, no. That's perfect. So that's good. And then, and then on okay. your guests, how do you guys find your? I mean, it sounds like you just kind of what what you're interested in. Is that how you do it? Well, yeah. Um, we so basically, it's our personal network, and then as we, as you, as you naturally interview more and more people, you can tap into their networks. So. There's actually a couple slides on that in this in this presentation we gave. So you know, it's just like if you're in if you do sales, you kind of understand what I'm talking yeah. about. But basically, um, you know, when you learn what you, you get in contact with one person, and then it becomes the the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon at yep. that point, where you can meet you know somebody knows somebody else, and then you can just kind of go down into the bunny hole. That's right. And and then there's other you know there's other things where I've been I I don't. I don't have a good time, easy time sleeping sometimes. So it's pretty common for me to be up at three thirty, four in the morning on YouTube. So this, you know, I was on watching, uh, this one guy on his YouTube channel. He, all he does is shoot underwater bass behavior. Right. Oh, wow. So I go down this bunny hole for like two hours watching this guy's stuff, which is just super in depth and crazy. And I reached out to him and got him on the show. So it just, you know, just kind of serendipitously, you'll just get your guests basically That's is right. my point. That's right. Yeah. And now a quick word from our sponsor, the Fly Fishing and Tying Journal, your seasonal magazine covering fly tying, fly fishing destinations, uh, how-to, short stories, and more. Here are a few examples of what uh, what is getting me fired up from the uh, winter edition of the FTJ. Check out a story by Deck Hogan on big flies for the OP, perfect timing for our upcoming trip uh, for the OP. Get the inside scoop from Dave McNeese uh, down in uh, Southern Oregon and his technique on dyeing fly tying materials. We also head over to uh, the North Umqua, then the Green River, and another story on the Green Butt Skunk from Gary Lewis. Kind of a history piece there on the skunk. I had Gary on the podcast as well in a previous episode. Uh, lots of additional content in every episode of the journal. Head over to ftjangler.com and subscribe so you don't miss any of the tips, tricks, and uh, stories in the next issue. That's ftjangler.com to get started today. And uh, tell them you heard uh, this ad on the podcast, and I'll find a way to make it up to you if you reach out to me at uh, dave at wetflyswing.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. And, uh, you know, I mean, as far as, you know, what you guys do, you know, with the show, I mean, and where you're going with it, can you talk a little about maybe, I mean, I know where you've come from and what you've done. Are you going to stay on the same track or do you have anything new that uh, surprise everybody out there in the next year? Well, we, how, when do you intend on publishing this? First of all, uh, so this will probably answer that question. So this will probably usually a couple months out. It'll probably be in January. sometime. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, by the time you've heard this, we, we will have launched um, three new shows. 
under what the working title is, Barbless Podcasting Network. Um, there's there's going to be three new shows. Um, one is going to be uh, for the Olympic Peninsula with a guest that we've had on by the name of John McMillan. And you um, and Dave, you're you're interviewing him. It sounds like here pretty soon, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he's going to cover um, his background. He's a biologist. He's the senior science advisor for Trout Unlimited. Total stud, total badass, and he's also a just a nutty, nutty steelheader. Yep. Um, this guy, if um, if you fo- if you're on Instagram, you should follow. It's it's Rainforest Steel, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Rainforest Steel on Instagram. Has um, he's probably my favorite guy to, to follow on Instagram because he um, he gets into the data of steelhead behavior. Like he does crazy. He's he's a nut. Yeah. And he's really into the, He's really into it. And a lot of his stuff, he uh, he snorkels, right? So he's got a he's got a very unique perspective that way. Um, so he's one, and we're calling that. I think the working title is um, Barbless um, OP for Olympic Peninsula. Okay. And then the other the other net, the other one in the network is going to be um, a guy by the name of Matt Heron out of Truckee Tahoe area. He's going to be covering the Eastern Sierras in California. Um, he's got Matt Heron fly fishing and he's, um, you know, he's got a big network of, he's a kind of owner operator type of guide. So he's got guys under him and he's going to cover the local area. Um, all that water, there's a lot to cover there. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, he is, he's one of the, one of the guys that, um, is responsible for the, the, um, cast hope, char- um, organization in that area, um, uh, which is founded out of Chico by a couple guys here in town. Um, so that's, that's Matt. I just hit the mic. That was a rookie move. <laughs> and then down south in Southern California out of San Diego is Conway Bowman. And Conway's going to do uh, Barbless SoCal. So oh, he's wow. going to be – yeah, and Conway's, Conway's a stud. He does uh, a lot of salt, salt guiding. Mako sharks. Mako oh, sharks wow. on the fly. Yeah. Damn. So he also does a lot of in- inland stuff and is also running a, char- a chapter of, uh, of Cast Hope out of, out of uh, San Diego. So between those four markets, that's what we're launching with. And by the time you listen to this, that's probably how many we'll have um, live. But we intend to move east from here. We're trying to basically cover the Pacific Northwest and California really well. And then we'll we'll move east. Nice. But the the cool thing about the the content is that it's going to be highly regional. So you'll get, you know, the the listeners in that area, it's going to be highly relevant content. That's why... I believe the Barbless podcast NorCal version, which we host, um, is, has done well, is because you know it's localized content. So yeah. we're trying to figure out a way Super to make niche. this, yeah, get it even we're more niched. To, yeah, and we're trying to figure out a way to make this work economically so that we can continue to do this. And this is pretty much a strategy to do it. That is, and is that your plan? Yeah. I mean, do you look at the, at this as potentially taking over the day job, and this maybe becoming uh, more of a full time gig? Yeah, I mean that's always been um, that's always been no. the plan. For, <laughs> not, not for Nick, yeah, that's been the plan for me. Um, you know, the podcast is only one, I would say one one leg of the, the table, yeah. so to speak. But um, yeah, it's an important, it's a super important piece of the table. Yeah. Well, and Nick, what about you now? I mean, you have this. Obviously, this sounds like you love uh, the financial planning. I actually have a really good friend of mine who works for Edward Jones and. And he's, uh, you know, he's just a super cool guy and he loves his job as well. I mean, did you ever think about trying to just become the, the full-time fishing guide sort of thing? Yeah, it's, I like, 
it's just about you go back to diversification, right? Yeah. Asset allocation, diversification. I think uh, income should be the same way, right? In your life. I mean, I've seen local farmers um, be hurt by by the you know um, yeah. uh, drought situations or whatever it is, flooding or whatever it is, and you know the the people that have like just their hands in different different baskets. I you know that's that's just the way I look at it. Yeah, you know, I don't. Makes sense. I'm sure I, I if I had a chance and it was uh, an awesome an awesome deal or something awesome came up, I would I would definitely pivot. But uh, I like my life where it's at right now. For yeah, sure. for sure that makes sense. And uh, you know, I, I was just thinking I was looking at recently. Um, you know, just talking about feedback and stuff like that. I mean, do you guys ever? you know, ch- get challenged with that, with negative feedback, or is that something that you guys have to deal with? Or would you have any tips for, you know, anybody out there that maybe the only negative fee- feedback we did, and I just did it to you is that we interrupt people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only negative feedback we've ever really gotten. Yeah. You know, there was, there was honest. one, there was one YouTube guy that said, if I had, if I had a fucking dollar every time you guys said so, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's not bad. Right. Well, well, check right. ch- check this one out. And this, I I just uh, let's see, I was on interview. I was on Greg, so it'll come out on his. But this blew me away, right? So this is a guy who's a podcaster, and he was teaching his kid. He's a full on podcaster. His his kid started a podcast. I think he was like seven or eight years old. Yeah, totally young kid, right? I mean, that's the same age as my kid. And then he started a YouTube channel. And so this kid, he's eight or whatever he is, got you, and he got this comment on there from this some person. It was basically, "You need to die," or something, <laughs> something really Jesus. hardcore. And the kid, you know, it's like an eight-year-old. It was like just like, "Holy crap!" Are you talking? I mean, talk about the people out there. Yeah. And but I mean, the kid actually handled it well because his dad prepared him for it, you know, so it wasn't that big yeah. of a deal. But, but again, I mean, that's the stuff that, especially YouTube, you hear about it with the trolls and stuff like that. And I know, you yeah. know, for me, you know, there's been things throughout that, that have come up and sometimes that's a challenge. I was just kind of curious if you guys had any, you know, no, I mean that. that those are, that that's like literally those two examples are the only two that I can think of. Um, yeah. overall it's been very, very positive. I mean, we have something like a hundred and, the 64 ratings on on itunes and they're five it's five stars across the board so if you don't have any haters you're not you're not doing it right that's true yeah that's a that's a great point you know if you can't if your content is gonna make everybody happy then you're just making you know i don't know you're making a a soft little sofa chair for everybody and we're not into fucking sofa chairs yeah yeah. well looking at your stuff i use the f word (laughs) looking at your stuff with 165 stars you might think that maybe you guys are the perfect uh you know, without no. any haters. No, um, I'm sure that there's people that hate us, but just don't want to go online and rant about it. They, they, they don't know how to get on a podcast or <laughs> in technology. But I mean, we do, you know, we've got a lot of water around our area that's pretty sensitive. I mean, it can't handle a lot of, a lot of pressure. So we're very, you know, we are very um, careful not to blow certain, certain stuff up. And, you know, we've done it outside of our area once and we felt awful about it and we just it was our own ignorance that that made it happen but you know um we we try to you know try to make it so that we don't do stuff like that which would i think piss people off and get your tires slashed and all that good stuff but overall i think we've uh, managed everything from the content side i say reasonably well yeah nice okay yeah 
Well, I had a couple here uh, I want to dig into. This is a pretty common questions I ask. Uh, it's kind of the tips, tricks, and stuff like that. And, and I was kind of thinking okay. about going into the, the striper stuff, but I'm glad you guys took it to Steelhead where we, we chatted about Steelhead. So if you, you know, maybe we can just kind of start with uh, you, Chad, as far as tips, uh, you know, top top two flies, top two tips, top two resources when you think of Steelhead fishing. And this could be oh, lo- local, but do you have a go-to? And actually, let's, let's do this. Yeah, I, let's do one let, for Chad yeah, and one okay. for Nick. Get, give me, okay, give me well, your top let me, fly. Let me preface this by saying that I've only been really hardcore fishing, fly fishing for three years. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, so, my, well, let's, let's number, do this. Let's do yeah, this. So, no, your, I got a, I've got a fly. tip. I'm going to give you a all tip, right. but it's not going to be a fly tip. It's going to be just, I, I think if you're a new angler like I am, best practice would be, um, I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick wrote something down on a on a piece of paper nice. to, for me not to say about a fly because that's another thing that we do it. a lot. We use a, we use paper. Yeah. We just write down that's stuff. Sweet. Like when, when you're talking, like I write things yeah. down because then, t- then you'll forget stuff in the conversation, and then you have to pivot back and yeah. go back to to it. You know, so I, I oh, yeah. do write a lot on paper. Yeah. Okay, awesome. so back to the back to the thing at the the point I was about to make. Um, for me, uh, the main tip, especially as a new angler, if you're listening, you're a new angler. Always try to fish with people better than you. Yeah. Always. That's the way that you learn the quickest. Um, also, if you're not on YouTube, um, open up your you know your options in terms of where you go and learn stuff because YouTube is an, has been an invaluable resource for me personally, both from you know just casting mechanics, but most importantly, if you get into tying flies, um, YouTube. Oh, yeah. Those are my two things. Yep. Um, and in terms of the flies, I just, you know, I'm, I'm always fishing with guys better than me. Cause I, you know, you know, that one, I take my own advice sometimes. Um, so I just do what they do. Yep. So, so you have, yeah. you have a hook to steelhead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there you I go. Think two do, you, without do you remember, Nick, do you remember two the without, fly? two without Nick and then probably eight with Nick. I've only caught like 10, I think. There you roughly. go. Do you remember yeah. the fly that you, uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a glow bug. Oh, there you go. So egg. So that gets, yeah. To, yeah. So, and do you guys do more nymphing than, than swinging? Well, yeah, because our Valley rivers, um, kind of cater to that, you know, yeah, like okay. we, we don't even, I mean, there's a lot of times where you can catch big steelhead here in our Valley rivers on, on bird's nest and, and big chocolate rubber legs. You yeah. know, so, oh, right. um, but, but leeches and black, you know, black, purple, pinks. I mean, all those flies are, are fun to do. It, um, yeah. but the, because of the Valley river steelhead, just spending so much time and traveling so far up these rivers to get to where they're going, they, they eat bugs a lot better than they eat anything else. Oh, so right. that's, yeah, it's a little different, you know, yeah. than being on like a coastal stream, um, you know, and, and it's, we've, I've, I've fished everything from, you know, uh, glow bugs to um, cluster eggs to beads yep. to swung flies to skated flies. You know, I, I've, um, I mean, if I could pick a, a way to do it, I would love to skate dries, you know, yep. year round to, to those fish, you know, but just so, it, it depends on the situation and where you're at and what you're doing. And yeah, I mean, you know. I, uh, Deck Hogan was in town. Um, we, we interviewed him oh, cool. that day he was in town. Um, he did a, a spay instruction thing all day clinic. So I went and did that and learned how to spay cast finally last year without hitting myself in the back of the head. <laughs> um, so I, I actually went to Prince of Wales, Alaska and, and got to swing for some, some fish. Didn't, didn't 
button anything, but I did get a couple tugs. So I do, that's as far as I've gotten in that progress so far, but I'm taking the spay rod this year for the first time. And I might actually be able to hopefully come tight on something. We'll see. That right there, you just, I mean, it's the beauty of fly fishing, you know, the fact that it doesn't matter. And, and the funny thing is, is that I've got tons of experience nymphing. I mean, I spent, I mean, shit, I don't know how many hours nymphing on the coastal rivers with glow bugs and all that stuff. I mean, I've done, and I've caught probably, I don't know if I've caught more fish, but I've caught a shitload of fish on on egg patterns. They work, man. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's, that stuff works. So I'm not, I'm not against, uh, you know, obviously swinging is just a different deal. I mean, that's, it's they're, they're both good ways to catch fish. Yeah. When I first started, all I was doing is European style nymphing. So there's actually a lot of leader formulas on our, our for trout or steelhead. Um, for trout oh, yeah. mainly, I have caught a couple steelhead, valley steelhead that way, but um, mostly mostly trout. What What about you, Dave? I mean, I, in my history of fly fishing, I've seen the um, you know you, you go back to like the Lonnie Waller days of the green butted skunk, oh, yeah. and you know like all these silver Hiltons, yep. and, um, and we fish that stuff on some of these valley like the Klamath and and things like that. And you can catch fish like that on these with these valley steelhead too, but um, yeah. What do you think about it's such, been such a crazy transition to see like all those traditional flies and then and then it turned into more like kind of a bright you know bright flies and yeah, yeah big feathers and um, yeah. uh, rabbit leech type you know and marabou and and then see all these fancy flies and then like I, I remember going you know trip to BC and, and, and the local the local <laughs> guides are using just a, a little tuff of of marabou you know like a little marabou and a little rabbit strip and it was just the simplest easiest fly. Is it going back to those traditional type flies? I mean, I feel like it is, or like it's going, it's going to go there. You know, I don't know. Maybe that, it hasn't taken on yet. Hey, it, ladies, high-waisted jeans are back. I think <laughs> It all goes in circles. <laughs> Much to my chagrin. It all comes back around. I, I think the answer to that question is that, yeah, it's going to come. And for me, I'm probably not the best person to ask about that because I'm, I'm kind of old school already. I grew up, you know, I started steelhead fishing, you know, early and, I was a traditional single-handed steelhead fisherman forever. In fact, I never even got into spay until late in the game because I was just, you know, my dad taught me single-hand and that was it, man. I was a hair wing, you know. Was the the, the uh, winter fishing is where I did a lot of the indicator and some of the bigger bunny leech stuff, did a little bit of that. But I'm, a, I'm more of, a, I mean, if I had to pick one time, it's summer steelhead. You know, mm-hmm. Deschutes, if I could pick one time to go fishing, mm-hmm. it's Deschutes River in the summer. And you're fishing tiny, size 6, size 8, little, you know, little bugs pretty much. And the fish are That's active. That's cool. Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. have to come up there for oh, yeah. the summer then. That's, yeah, you got to come up. I'm, uh, I'm setting up a trip. Uh, like you were talking, you know, the hosted trips, I'm setting up a trip, hopefully, yeah. with uh, Jeff Hickman, who has a really good uh, camp on the Deschutes. And, uh, nice. So he's a, he's a good guy. And, Do uh, this. Sorry, do yeah. the summer river steelhead fight a lot harder than the winter runs that are coming in right Ooh, now? Ooh, good question. Uh, not really. No, I mean they're they're different. I mean, if you get yeah. a hot fish summer, the cool thing about this, the, the difference is, is this water temperature, right? So the winter fish, it's cold mm-hmm. water. They're down. They're they're not as, you know, they're not as. Uh, you they know, don't move as far for a fly. Yeah, I don't. And I actually I interviewed. Uh, I've had a couple of really good steelhead guests on, and. Um, you know, where they talked about winter fish being active, but you typically don't get that, you know, you're swinging. I mean, on a summer fish, you might swing a fly and on the same swing, the fish might come up and tap it and tip it. And, you know, it might touch it four times before it even takes, mm-hmm. you know, that's the crazy thing with summer fish is that the water's warmer. So they're way more active. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as far as hot and the hookup, I mean, I think a winter fish, if you get a hot fish, it, it could be just as hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that is a good question. So, um, so yeah, man, you guys got me jacked up now. You, you kind of turn, turn the table on me a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, we do that. I guess it's in our nature. That's awesome. You got to come down and, and catch one of these big stripers, and, and that'll get you jacked up real fast. Oh, yeah, man, dude. I would love to. I, I think it's actually on my bucket list, and I haven't done well, it yet. So. My my biggest one is 11 pounds, and I I got on it, and it, I nearly shit myself because it, it was it's it's freaky how powerful those fish are and you know nick's is yours is 47 right? well that's what i was gonna say is that you don't know when you hook into these fish if it's an eight pounder if it's you know yeah. if it's 50 pounder well i mean yeah you do but the, there's there's not much difference sometimes in some of these fish it's they're just yeah. they all pull really hard I, I didn't really know until i saw it, it turned you know i saw the flash and i'm like oh shit you know and then i'm Jesus. like all right if i can just keep this at the boat it's gonna be amazing Wow. And, um, yeah, they're, they're awesome. And there's some huge, huge striper in, in the sack, you know, yeah. big, like over 40 pounds. We had a guy on, uh, I think it was for episode 100 that we did, which was our kind of, kind of a, a landmark episode mm-hmm. for us. Um, cause we had been grinding for two and a half years at that point. Um, he, this dude, uh, lives in Reading, So he's about 60 miles from us, but all he does, he's a, he's a professional snorkeler. Oh, so yeah. he was on he was on Team USA and stuff like you know basically who is this all kinds of accolades. Um, his his name Aquaman. Is, yeah, well, his name is Aquaman. But <laughs> Sean is it his last name's Young. Why can't I think of his first name? I'm going to say Sean, but I know that that's not it. Paul. In there, yeah. Paul. Yes, yeah, sorry, Paul Young. Um, it, it's just episode 100. And if you um if you're into like striper at all, you, it's a it's like one of my favorite episodes because. He, he snorkels and spears these things in the river. Jeez. Okay, so he's he's a total nut. Um, he's just a stud, and he, he you know he, if you go to his, his page, which I, I but it's it's like Hubcap eighty eight or something like that. But um, he's just got the the best stories. Like one of my favorite things he said on the show was, you know, he's underwater with these huge these huge fish, these huge striper, and the, I think he's in the, off the off the Florida coast somewhere, and he's on this kind of like. And it was Rhode Island. Rhode Island, and he's, and he's in what's it called? The just the current, is that is it called the current? Yeah, like, there. Yeah. yeah. See how much I I spend on the the salt. Oh, yeah. Um. So he's kind of like drifting, just dead drifting in this current underwater, and this huge school of striper, like thousands, come up, and they Jeez. he's in the middle of this big bait ball kind of a thing, and they're they're circling like predators around this big bait ball, and he's he's like he sees this one, and he said like when they get spooked their their tail moves so much water you can actually underwater hear the tail boom of the fish wow okay and he's so videoing this that, is he videoing this no he did, he did some of it he yeah did. yeah but that same tail boom he can actually hear on the river also see so you, you know it's a lot the visibility can be you know on a sack can be up to six feet but most of the time he says it's you know three feet or less yeah and he'll know he knows it's a big fish even if he can't see it that well because of the tail boom and he, um, you know, he spears these things and it's, it's a, it's one of my favorites just because, you know, if you, if you chase striper, it's like, it's a must listen, but you know, that's nice. one of the things like love having guests on like that, you know, I know. It's that's, new. What, that's why I love the podcast. I mean, I, I, I've, my story I've told a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's why I'm a podcast addict. I just love the stories and I love, you know, like this yeah. conversation we had here, you know, I mean, this has just been a pretty casual chatting about you know what you guys do and it's been a lot of fun um i'm yeah. about ready to wrap this up i know nick you gotta get out here pretty quick you guys have a little time for the rapid fire round here sure 
All right, this will be What's quick. That? Is that what you, you you do this everyone? Uh not everyone. Sometimes I do only the yeah. only the Roy uh only the Roy badass guests I break it out. So this is, <laughs> this is it. So uh this won't be too too All bad. Right. And I know you guys recently no did a, you did an episode on your um on boats. I didn't I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but yeah. so I'm going to put put this one at Nick. I'm not going to ask both of you guys each question, but just Nick, what's your um if your go-to boat if you had to pick one? Rogue jet. Okay, so a jet boat. Oh, like what boat? Like yeah, a jet boat? like a boat. A, well, it's just I usually kind of yeah, like drift boat. I, I love, jet. I love a tiller. I love messing around on a tiller. So you know, there's a as far as a brand like Willie boats, Koffler, uh, Rogue. Like those are all pretty good. Gotcha. Know, low. But if you had to pick um, between say are, a say a jet sled versus a drift boat versus a raft. Uh, I, I love ripping around on a jet sled on our rivers. It's super fun. But I also I, I love getting crazy. I've gotten in some crazy on water on on you know in a raft. So I, yeah. I like it. But that's a tough it one. Depends on the situation. I like, I like yeah. them both. Okay. All right. But I, I love other being in control with a eighty horsepower you know plus behind you. Is, it's pretty awesome. It's, yeah, it's fun. It is. That's so don't get rid of all the gas because we need it to rip up the rivers. And that's dude, right. Dude, well, they, they have electric. I would take an electric. Exactly. I would totally take an electric, man. <laughs> oh hell yeah, Kidding. man! Some of this the technology now, man, is getting. There's more they, torque in these electric battery yeah, power yeah. stuff. Yeah. We'll we'll see some pretty cool shit in the next ten years. I oh, think yeah. in that space. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, well, Tesla, man. I mean, do you guys have a Tesla yeah. sitting in the driveway? No, Chad, no. you look like a Tesla no, guy. I mean, no, well, this so be. far this podcast has only got us just wine and tons of women. So <laughs> there you go. Well, no, uh, and I'm and I'm choking about both, but totally, um, totally. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Chad, this was you. Uh, best uh, your interview question. Have you had? Uh, I mean, what's do you guys have like questions you kind of just ask? No, no. We we hard, we we do not have like a, a standard format. Yep. It just kind of depends on where the conversation takes us. Yep. So, um, I don't. I, that's a really tough one to say. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. to answer. No, no problem. Um, the only time we do that is when we have science episodes and yeah. the, and they require it kind of yeah. like oh, right. out front. You know, what yeah. are you guys going to be asking me? Yeah, you know, yeah. Stuff. yeah, that's right. That's Which stuff. we have we have quite a few biologists and, and folks in the um, management space and water management and whatnot fisheries management that come on and, and they need a little more structure which is totally understandable yeah yeah you guys definitely yeah. cover i mean i wouldn't say half but you have a good what quarter of your shows are kind of really, yeah, yeah easy yeah somewhere yeah there. um yep, yep. what is your i don't know you guys know what's your most popular episode so far i do know um it's it's the uh high stick nymphing episode with um Devin olson you know it's funny that doesn't surprise me because my i've had a couple of the euro nymphing and those are just they People love the Euronymphy episodes. Yeah. Well, you know why? It's it's an easy – it's one of the easiest things to learn right away um, in terms of the mechanics of it. It takes a lifetime to master, but it gets you in the water and, and catching fish pretty pretty quickly. So I think a lot of folks that are, are not hardcore do it because it's the most accessible um, form. Now – there's a big difference between a Devin Olson and a guy that is a weekend warrior. Yeah. I want to make oh, yeah. that super-duper clear. But um, you can it's an it's an accessible you know methodology of catching trout. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's why a lot of people listen. What about you, Dave? I was I was scrolling through your Instagram recently yeah. and saw you, you you've interviewed a couple couple legends and and what, what about you? What's your what's been your favorite episode or so episodes? Oh wow, that's a good. I'm glad you. Yeah, that's uh, and Nick, I was gonna just say I want to respect your time. I know if you got to get out of here, you know, go ahead and zip out whenever but um yeah um, that is tough man i've interviewed so many amazing yeah 
you got do you got Flip Pallet was recently, right? You just interviewed him. Yeah, Flip Pallet was on. Um he surprised me. I mean, Jesus, he talked about how he lived through Hurricane Andrew in his in the house while the the storm blew away his house. Wow. While he was wow. inside it, you know? I mean, wow. those are the stories that that I love. Um, yeah. I can't even think. Probably if I had to pick one, it's funny. I always go back to this one, but Tom Larimer episode 11. He's the uh, national sales manager for G. Loomis, a big uh, you oh, know, wow. Deschutes guy. He broke down. It's so funny because with Summer Steelhead, there's this this thing, you know, it's this lore like you can't catch Summer Steelhead midday with the sun off the water in the Deschutes because it's a north-south river and the sun's in their eyes when they're, you know, when they're looking up. And but I so Tom has this strategy where he he he, he catches Summer Steelhead in the daytime. And I just said, all right, Tom, give me your, give me your, what is it? Give me your five tips for catching. And he broke down step by step how he does it. And so I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with that one. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think a good interview, the guest leaves kicking themselves for giving up so much information, you know, you mean giving up, like not, not getting into enough. No, if, if a good interview, if you do a good interview with the guest, they're they're gonna leave being like, oh shit, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Oh yeah, that's like kind of giving up the gander a little bit. But that's yeah, exactly. And that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. The, and that, I heard uh, you know Rogan, right? I think there's a Rogan. No, it wasn't yeah, Rogan. Yeah. Mark Marin, right? Mark Marin's got a massive podcast. He 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 had a guest on and asked that question at the end. It was a major. I don't know who it was, right? It was Obama or somebody like that. And he said, "Did I get anything?" You know, like, did I get anything new? Yeah. Something that, you know, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, so, so today it doesn't, so to you guys, did I get anything new or is this, uh, how'd we do? Um, I don't know. We... Good. It was good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so. I'm trying to think it. I'm yeah, the, we'll the question back. I'm answering. I can, it's a two, you had a two parter there. Did you get anything new? I'm trying to think. I don't think you did, but did you do good? Absolutely. You crushed it. Cool, man. Cool. That's, that's all I got for you guys. So, uh, all right. I will keep in touch with you and uh, I'm going to follow this network thing because obviously, um, you know, I think it's interesting what you guys have going and uh, appreciate what you guys do out there for California is a place I haven't dug into fully on the podcast. I've had a few guests I had, uh, yeah, but I've just touched the surface and I know I need to get more California. So yeah, I mean, California is, uh, has got a very diverse set of water and by, and then because of it, there's a very diverse set of anglers that are, most of them can, are multi-species people, you know, so definitely get some California anglers on. You got Mike Mercer on, he had Mike Mercer on there. Yeah. He's Cali. Oh, dude. And Mike Mercer, you got to listen to that episode because his, uh, missing link fly mm-hmm. is, is a, uh, I mean, that one I took on the Deschutes and it was, it was ridiculous. Flies crushed that was yeah. one of my favorite episodes is interviewing him he's just such a cool dude he is a cool dude yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so all right you guys well uh, thanks again and we'll keep in touch with you you bet thanks awesome. for having thanks, us on Dave. The show. all right see you guys okay so there you go if you want to find all the show notes and all the links we covered just go to wetflyswing.com slash 119 a uh, couple of quick notes before we head out of here today uh, if you haven't seen the resources page you can go to wetflyswing.com slash resources uh, to see all the products recommended by guests of this show and some of uh, some of our top picks. And I also want to remind you the best place to find out about upcoming uh, hosted trips with myself is to uh, head over to wetflyswing.com slash destination, and I'll follow up with you there. Thanks again for stopping by to check out the show today. Look forward to catch up with you soon and hope to maybe see you online or on the river. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes.